0: Actually, the first year we ended up going, you know, we got interest from the White House with what was going on. They had a student kind of throw out to President Obama, hey, why don't you have a kid science advisory? And and it was a really good idea. And so he's like, well, maybe we should do that.
1: Ensuring a future without limits for children goes beyond the classroom. Welcome to the AESD Scoop, a nationally recognized podcast for families, educators, and community members. Listen to the stories of people and communities who are empowering the future generation and our children who are already making a difference in their own ways. Tune in every Wednesday to the AESD Scoop. Welcome back, AESD listeners. You are on AESD Scoop, and we have with us Dr. Jeremy Babbinger from the SciTech Council, and I would love to have him introduce himself, and then we're going to get into a conversation about the things that we're able to do to increase and enhance engagement, particularly with our children, over STEM and STEAM activities here in Arizona.
0: Hey there, good to be here. Thanks for yeah, thanks for having me on. So yeah, yeah, let me know what you're most interested to know about from us.
1: Awesome. Okay, well, first start start. Give us a little bit of your history because you have a rich and diverse history and and some great experiences you you've brought to Arizona.
0: So I actually grew up in Arizona, grew up in Scottsdale, um, went through Scottsdale School, so all the way from elementary through high school, um, got really excited about um, science at first. And so I did my undergraduate work in chemistry and hmm. was fortunate enough to have a friend that worked at a lab. And so as a freshman, I joined a lab at ASU And for four years, that really just basically became kind of my world and my home. And so I worked, probably worked there 20 to 40 hours a week and just really had the opportunity to kind of experience science, really kind of see kind of what I could do and and had a a lot of mentorship. I was really fortunate in that situation. And so by the time I um, finished, I already was kind of functioning as almost like a, a third or fourth year grad student and became skilled at Cloning and doing chemistry and all these different fun things. So, uh, I went to the next step and went to grad school. Continued kind of this passion and work in molecular sensors. And so, the the lab I joined really was world renowned for a place where they created these um, basically it's fluorescent proteins and adapting them to actually watch how um, cellular functions work. And they they were able to basically hijack the uh, the part that makes jellyfish glow that makes corals blow and mm-hmm. take that piece and clone it onto um, other proteins and really watch how cells function in real time
1: oh wow that must have been uh, unbelievable to be able to be a part of that really what i would call kind of new learning innovative learning around that because you couldn't see that before before right. being able to replicate that that's cool
0: Yeah, so you could, the great thing about it is you could watch, you know, a cell, like cell division, you could tag a histone, which DNA is wrapped around, and you know, what chromosomes are made up is the DNA and and the histones. And so you could actually put it on the histones and watch cells divide. And, And why is that important? You could, for example, then compare in real time, like what happens if you put, if you have a cell that is cancerous, okay, now you add a certain drug to it to see if it could actually alleviate that and see... How that impacts cell division. And so things like that. And so people have used it globally. Now, my, my role was looking at a different molecule called RNA. Um, but our lab was really fun in that people would develop these kind of platform technologies to make things that then other labs could use. So technology we got interested in how do we connect with the community? And so we started an outreach opportunity out of the lab called Science Bridge. And uh, my advisor supported me for a year out of his own discretionary money, and eventually we were able to get a, an organization called Howard Hughes Medical Institute to support me to do kind of the outreach. And we just started writing grants, and we got the first five out of six federal grants. And so wow. right away, we were, we were managing a $12 million in funding from NSF and Department of Ed to really create opportunities of how to bridge what we do as scientists to the community you know, we create a platform technology in the lab, which would be a molecular sensor, but that kind of idea or application can spread beyond that, right? So we, we use this technology as a way to get kids excited in biology. So you could, you know, clone the fluorescent protein into bacteria, for example, and you could, the bacteria would light up. And so you could mm-hmm. actually paint with bacteria that you put them in an incubator, the next day it would like show a glowing color for that, which was kind of fun in a way just to get kids excited. But we got grants to start adapting other, Um, other research to schools as well so we work with middle schools we work with high schools sure and we did other things like we started a science festival and and we we really wanted ways to get the community inspired about what we did so that that kind of became that piece of it Um, That really was kind of how I moved back was, you know, wanted to bring something back home. My wife and I had the intention of always moving back here. And so it was a great opportunity. Hey, well, let's do something for Arizona kids. So I was able to kind of take what we learned in San Diego um, and kind of almost flip it around. So as opposed to me running a specific program, it was like, well, let's create an opportunity to mentor and collaborate with others in their programs and build from there. And so we started, you know, science festival here, but the real difference was we weren't running the show. We would work with community members to have them run the science festivals and have Mm -hmm. them succeed. So that kind of like that platform technology, right? We have the concept of a science festival, but how do we then help others, other regions, other groups run it? And so we've been able to have groups do that. Um, The other, you know, kind of idea that, that we've kind of really created the platform is chief science officers, where it's the youth as... Ambassadors for STEM and really having them really create opportunities for their community and world. And that the cool part about it is that we created the basic idea of it, but it's really awesome just to see how schools, how principals, how business members, how people really leverage it. And you know, and it's important to mention you—you you were one of the first people to really embrace the idea and have been a huge supporter ever since it started. So well that's, that's the part that's made it succeed, and these ideas succeed
1: being able to be a part of really the the beginning of something and watch it grow and evolve and and morph and shift and well has been absolutely phenomenal and you know from literally the first time that you said hey we're thinking about creating chief science officers children being liaisons for their community around stem and steam opportunities and being able to connect people in the community to schools and a larger group of um, organizations, literally not just even here in Arizona, but across the nation, to be able to say, you know what, uh, this is this is the future of what could possibly be, and how do we create that interest and generate that in in a school, and so or even in a community from that side. And you know, one of my my most favorite memories around watching Chief Science officers and watching that evolution happening was at one of the summits years ago. and and we had the roundtable conversations, right? And I can remember very distinctly, being one of the, uh speakers or or and I don't know what we call sponsors of that roundtable, and we're sitting there and we're talking about the work that we've done with chief science officers and the impacts that that we've seen happen and and just super excited about it and you know you have eight people at the table who are leaning in and listening but then you know well you know maybe attention wanes and phones Mm -hmm. become more attractive um you know things things happen that you know what I got what I wanted out of it, right? So as a listener, and I'm ready now to hear something else. So w- the, that that was not the best part because that really, I was like, oh, okay. Um, but then we switched to our students and the chief science officers came in and took lead at the tables. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, standing back and watching, there was not an adult who even blinked an eye. They were leaning in, they were listening, they were asking questions and and that child had, center stage and we're just absolutely all all eyes and all attention on them because the you know that wisdom and that experience and that that um, excitement and energy when a child is speaking about it there's no stopping
0: it yeah that was really I mean the one that we did with Grijalva was really exciting right when we oh. had a chance just to advise him on you know had like 50 kids in the room and he had a chance to really hear their perspective of his agenda and like, oh, yeah, we can now start doing that again with the uh, things starting to open up.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. But you're right. So let's, let's actually stay in that experience for a minute, because that was to, to your point, that was that real life application. These are not made up, you know, issues or problems of practice. Mm-hmm. These aren't, you know, Hey, let's, let's, let's create something for our kids. to solve. this is a real problem of practice that we you know, laid out to groups of kids yeah. who who aren't even actually in the same district. There are groups of kids regionally who were chief science officers coming together. And we'd love to have
0: you share that. It's interesting to see how different adults respond to youth in providing that, that feedback, right? And I think Congressman Gregor was totally, he loves kids, he loves education, and he really embraced it. And kind of, I think there's kind of a back and forth of providing legitimacy to the students. You know, they may not realize the power of the voice and so i think it's like oh he actually listened to me and he heard me and you know and we do have good things to say and they, they do and so i think that's important but i think it's also it builds it beyond their individual schools and so they they know it's something that can really impact their community and their world and you know that was something that we continued to build out so like let's get them out to washington and talk to you know, go back and talk to Congressman mcgraw so that evolved to Okay, let's do a special session with him and all the CSOs, and mm-hmm. have them host it. Have different representatives come, and really enabling them to that that next level. And we did it again with the governor, and and you yes. know he was excited about it, and you know advising him on different topics. And and so I think there's that potential. You know there was a little bit of a rift with COVID um, in terms of where the kids are going and what we can put on people in terms of tours or off-site, but I think it's getting back to the phase where we can continue to do these ways to connect the kids. And I think it's also searching for those connections. So, you know, as new companies form and new opportunities build, really getting people to see that the chief science officers are a, an advisory, an opportunity to really get that voice. And so we're, we're excited about where that will continue to grow.
1: And actually, I, I do know that you've you have expanded it outside of the United States and and Mm -hmm. done done some really interesting and intriguing work. Uh, If you could just share that a little bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, so the first, actually the first year we ended up going, you know, we got interest from the White House with what was going on. They had a student that came, they started, they had this White House science fair, I think is how it started. And one of the kids kind of threw out to President Obama, hey, why don't you have a kid science advisory? And and it was a really good idea. And so he's like, well, maybe we should do that. And so he tasked his team at the Office of Techno- Science and Technology Policy, like, okay, figure this out. And so I think they were kind of hitting their heads on the wall what to do about it. And we happened to talk to somebody in that office that was aware of that. And he got word of the program. He's like, oh, this is perfect. We got to get you. It. So he, he started connecting us. And um, we ended up arranging for a trip to have six CSOs initially to go out and present to the OSTP team and they brought in John Holdren and Megan Smith who were Obama's science and technology officers Um, so we had um stage come yeah who is one of the Avondale students at Centera Mirage I think you were there too right you got to come to the fun trip so you got to experience this it was incredible and um they really responded well to it. I mean, and, and Megan Smith still connected with the program far beyond you know her years at OSTP, but she continues to talk about this as one of the best opportunities she's seen and she continues to talk it up. And that excitement really kind of provided the reality that this can be something that grows. And, and Megan even threw out, well, we should have this in every state in the nation. And we're like, oh, we just started, but let's figure it. So she started inviting us back and they really wanted this to be part of it. And so. We went to multiple of these kind of collaborative sessions they had at the White House and really talked up CSOs. They got us in front of a lot of people. Um, they ended up actually inviting Sage as one of the um, select group to actually be that kid science advisory. So he actually got to be one of the very few people that met with President Obama and advised him. Um, but that that idea of bringing them, and we, we started bringing them to these national um, conferences around community of practice of STEM ecosystems and we brought students with us by bringing them they enrolled other organizations to want to do it too and so we're now in 14 states um the biggest one recently came on is Alabama they're doing it across the state they're gonna have 200 CSOs it's also been exciting to watch it grow um, in other countries Mm -hmm. and so you know it's grown in Mexico so we have 400 CSOs in Mexico we have them in. um Kenya, we have them in Kuwait, and uh, most recently our our COO Kelly Green, she was last week in Colombia. Wow! And so we're going to have them there, and you know next week she's flying to UK, and so we're talking about building them in Leeds, uh, mm-hmm. UK, and so you know we're starting to populate different continents, which is kind of fun. But mm-hmm. imagine you have these global kid cabinet of kids, really making things happen on that stage so you know Avondale has been you know, the students have been part of this since the beginning and I think it really shows that you know kids that are well spoken you know it's the great thing is it's not a not a uncommon thing like they are all over the place and it's just about adults you know adults and spaces that really can enable them to do that and I think this Concept, I think, provides a vehicle for that to happen and provides a format to make that simpler for that to happen. But regardless, the, the people have to really want to make it happen.
1: I, again, I, I would I thank you for the opportunity for envisioning the what could be and allowing our kids to come along and, and be a part of it, because it, it has been an experience that is life-changing. It truly is life-changing for, for our children. Um, the one last thing I'd like to end with is, you know, what are the next steps?
0: You know, I'm kind of a believer, like, I have hopes, like, okay, how, like, with CSOs, it'd be nice to have it in every state. Like, ideally, mm-hmm. that'd be great. It'd be nice to have them connected with more business leaders, community leaders, having advising at that level. Um, it'd be nice to have them in, you know, 100 plus countries. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think there's, like, a set trajectory of which country and where. I, I kind of feel like it needs to be filled in by who's ready to play. And, mm-hmm. and it's the hope is that it Really does grow in that fashion, and we do get more um people part of it. And you know, we're piloting some ideas, like for example, of kind of more ad hoc um, connections digitally. And so, we have a partnership building with this group that's focused on esports. Um, I love that. that. I think there's potential to kind of create different opportunities. And we, we did a couple ad hocs too. Like, there's a student in North Carolina that want to be part of it, there was one in Canada, and so we're like, all right, we'll take you on. And so, it It'll be interesting to see how does it go when we take out the factor of the school or the, um, as a piece of it. Um, And I think the school is important, but I think there also may be a way to enable more kids that may not have a school principal or superintendent like Avondale that that's really willing to be part of it. And so we see some of those as next steps and then also really figuring out how to connect CSOs as part of regional STEM ecosystems so that when people are building out these, regional um contacts and collaborations that youth are at the table and I think it's really integrating them across the board as part of this and, and I think we've had a lot of success but it's really just starting. I, so I think that. you're
1: right I, I I feel like the inroads have been made and I also know just like in Avondale we're, we're not done we're in a constant improvement cycle where we we want to be better today than we were yesterday better tomorrow than we are today and that iteration and innovation is a part of our heart, and so it, it it's exciting. It gives energy, and yep. um, and I hear that from you. I've always heard that from you, and just appreciate being a part of the journey with you, and and being able to be a thought partner
0: with you. Yeah. So. Cool. Likewise, <laughs> you get to hear uh, thank concepts you. at the beginning, so
1: it's super exciting. Well, we look forward to being connected. And I've got a sense that we will be back on a podcast uh, in the future to kind of catch up. And, and where are we at now? Because it's it's always ever-changing. Yeah. Super excited. Get one of
0: the CSOs to do the interview, right? We'll get them on. Uh,
1: without a doubt, we'll make that happen. Awesome. Jeremy, thank you so much for your mm-hmm. time. And thank you for everything that you do to bring STEM and STEAM opportunities to our kids in our community. And, and uh, we're looking forward to the future.